RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. So an interesting thing happened on the way to last weekend. I got a call on a Thursday before the Super Bowl Sunday from a guy named Ronnie Gossett. He runs Universal Championship Wrestling uh, based in Georgia, and he wanted to bring me up for some shows and ring announce and we'd talk price and everything was cool and then he said what are you doing this weekend and i said this was on thursday and the show is on saturday it was super brawl who'd have thought i'd ever do super brawl again so i said well i'm not doing anything this weekend but you know i can't imagine flying into atlanta uh with the super bowl this weekend that you're going to be able to get a, a decent price for a plane fare from tampa to atlanta on two days notice and leave it to spirit airlines which I didn't actually find that bad. I've heard a lot of bad stuff about, but they, 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 their seats don't recline. But other than that, it's not that bad. Anyway, so uh, off I went to Atlanta. And if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I stayed at the dungeon, the old, it's now Howard Johnson's, the old Ramada, uh, where so many memories are made. We talked at one point about the squeegee incident on this podcast and with Bruce Mitchell, and that was where that happened. And, and so many other great memories. Uh, that was where the after parties were after TVs and and the Omni shows for so long. It's the hotel everybody stayed at. So got to stay there and got to meet some uh, new friends who hopefully will be on this podcast soon. Uh, PJ Black had some fun stories to tell about growing up uh, as the son of a wrestling promoter in South Africa, and he was looking forward to doing the show, so we hope to get on in the, him on in the coming weeks. Taya Valkyrie as well, uh, tell her story. But uh, got to see some old friends as well, including... Buff Bagwell, and I've been wanting sort of to get Buff on this podcast for a while. Has an interesting story to tell because of the public nature of, of him leaving WWE. His, his his career, and we'll talk to him about it. His career never really came back. He still does indies and and different stuff, but uh, as far as a a name on a national tele, you know, even TNA, I think used him a couple of times and uh, really shied away. So looking forward to talking to him. He's going to be on this week and uh, had a great time doing the Universal Championship Wrestling going back on March 2nd in Athens, Georgia for Clash of the Champions. So all these WCW names I get to relive. So if you're in Athens, Georgia or that area and uh, you want to check Universal Championship Wrestling out, Clash of the Champions on Saturday, March 2nd in Athens. I believe Carlito will be on the show. Mil Mortes from Lucha Underground. Taya Valkyrie will be back. PJ Black, Scott Steiner. Buff Bagwell, my guest coming up, and a bunch of other names. I saw Lodi, which was uh, great to see Lodi. Hadn't seen Lodi since WCW closed, quite frankly. And it was great to see him as well. So with that in mind, we uh, got Buff on the show. Before we go to Buff... I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the big pep rally number two that All Elite Wrestling had uh, just a couple of days ago from Las Vegas. And the big news there is that the wait is over. Kenny Omega is part of All Elite Wrestling. And, like, I don't think anybody thought he wasn't going to be. But 
you know, I know that there's other companies that went at him pretty hard uh, with pretty amazing offers. So we got confirmation on that. So it looks like it'll be uh, at double or nothing. It'll be uh, Kenny Omega against Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers. I guess Pack against Hangman Page. So the card's starting to shape up. Uh, starting to hear some names for Starcast. Looks like Bret Hart and Sting. By the way, if you're in the Detroit area, uh, cheap plug. Uh, you remember last year, Legends of Wrestling came to Detroit, and it was presented by Beasley Media. And we're going to be coming back in the month of April. We have speaking of Bret Hart. Bret Hart will be there. Ric Flair will be there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Booker T making a rare non-WWE appearance and Tito Santana Al Snow, Mr. Kennedy and the Nasty Boys so uh, if you're in, in and around Detroit that should be a blast as they always are and uh, that I believe is April 20th but you can go to thelegendsofwrestling.com so getting busy, usually get busy this year around Wrestlemania time and uh, looking forward to going to New York City and doing that as well So, but yes, Kenny Omega is now officially with all elite wrestling and there's rumors about some guys in wwe whose contracts are up we know dean ambrose is leaving nobody really knows if he's going anywhere just needs some time out because he's burnt out but yeah there's uh aj styles still hasn't said he signed and the usos are talking about so it's a hey i'll tell you what i was uh as i was traveling with a lot of the guys to this show in griffin georgia by the way shout out to uh, nick patrick and uh my mentor jody hamilton the assassin i got to see in griffin as well and uh it's great to see them this weekend but uh but it's funny listening to the the guys talk as i was driving with a bunch of the guys i won't mention who they are about uh how much money's out there and 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 all these different companies throwing money at guys uh better terms there's companies that are throwing the same amount as nxt is but you could do less dates and you get a much bigger merchandising percentage on your merch uh so uh, for those who don't want to work a lot of dates and want a bigger piece of the merchandise table might be better off not going to nxt so it's an interesting time to be a wrestling fan and i am a wrestling fan so without further ado want to bring on my guest at this time longtime friend interesting cat so to speak and uh, has been through a lot uh uh really had immediate success in this business uh and um and had some ups and downs, and uh, want to listen to him tell his story. So, without further ado, please welcome my guest this week, Buff Bagwell. Ladies and gentlemen, caught up with an old friend last weekend, and uh, I'm honored to have him on the podcast this week. He's sort of been on the bucket list for a while, and uh, just been making my way towards him. I'm talking about Buff Bagwell, and if you uh, grew up in the 1990s or the early 2000s, uh, you certainly know, as a wrestling fan, you certainly know the name Buff Bagwell, and uh, always a little bit of controversy, but uh, we're going to get to that and uh, hopefully get the inside uh, perspective on... Uh, your career. So welcome, Buff. Happy to have you. Hey, man. So glad to be here. I mean, thanks a lot. Sure, sure. Uh, I love doing these things as much as I can. You know, it's tough and it's hard. And it sounds it sounds simple to the, the fan listening, but for us to hook up and get numbers, it's, I mean, it's, it's a big deal and it shows you care. But at the same time, it keeps you out there and lets people know, you know, who the real 
Mark Bagwell is. And and it makes your show good, and it makes people know something, and they walk away and, and say things that are, are good from these things. So I do do as much as I can um, so, uh, that makes sense. You know, something that that's, somebody's got a you know, valuable name of some sort, and um, – you know, I do those kind, and 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 they always have came back really, really you know good reviews. And I just, I tell the truth, bro. <laughs> well, and it's it's what got me in this business. <laughs> Listen to me, it's what got me in this business by telling the truth, and it's exactly what got my heat. Yep. Was telling the truth. That's uh, so I didn't change. Nope. It was just now that little old Marcus Bagel wasn't saying it, and now Buzz saying it. Oh boy! Ooh, you know, and then, and then there we go. So, well, I, go ahead. I want to. I, I want to ask you about that at some point because I feel like since I got to know you as as Buff, I feel like the powers that be at WCW totally dropped the ball at the beginning. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. But before we do that, uh, most people that uh, grew up around that time know your story because it was used to promote you. Grew up as a, a mega athlete, Sprayberry High School in, in Marietta, Georgia. Um, were you a wrestling fan growing up? And if not, uh, why did you decide ultimately pro wrestling was the way to go? I was not. My brothers were. And I remember them just not not for Halloween. And they make that cool a deal to them. But I remember my brother dressing up like Dusty Rhodes. And him, my, my brother was a really good imitator. He'd be like, Hey, baby, this is funky like a monkey and all that, you know. So, ironically, that is probably my brother's probably 12 or 14, which means I'm 7 or 8. And do the math, years later in 1990, Dusty Rhodes hires me. Yeah, we'll get there. And and it wasn't too far after you started in the business. It was uh, you didn't have to. No, you didn't have to uh, uh, do the, uh, the 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 outlaw shows too long. Uh, how long? I did pay my dues. Um, that's that's the first thing that that really um, upset everybody. But the problem is that they said, "Wait a minute, whether this guy's paid his dues or not, guess what? He can." He can wrestle. Sure. So, so what are we doing? Are y'all kidding? So the dues thing really did go away pretty quick because, I mean, I did do the, listen to me, and this is not a lie, but I didn't do it long, and you know me. Uh, but we did set the ring up, wrestle, had to tear the ring back down because it was an auction. It's called the Auction Barn. And ironically, it was a mile from where Sting lived in Alpharetta. So I'd always go out and see Sting when I went to the Auction Barn to train, or that's also we were for our tapings. They just pulled a black curtain, David, to hide all of the stuff, all the merchandise that are going, going for auction. And there was about 50 seats. And that was, I mean, um, you know, that tag team, the, the big blonde that was ECW famous. Um, WCW also famous. And they had a tag team where one guy was like a New Zealand guy. And they had swords down their tights. 
and the blonde went on for ECW for a while. Um, um, I'm drawing a blank too. Really? So, uh, ECW blonde, you know, heavy on his last leg at ECW, and but still over. Um, Axel, um, Axel Rotten? Nope, nope. I never met. I never met him. I never met him. I don't but, know. We'll, um, we'll figure it out. So yeah, yeah, no, but, no, but he, but yeah, he, he uh, he's um, um, you know, was a big deal. So, um, so go ahead, man. Yeah. So, how, after you broke in, how long before you were uh, the handsome stranger on global TV? I, if I remember correctly, it's only about six months before you're on television. I, I think I was on TV. And I, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe six. I think almost less. And my very first match, I become the the U.S. champion. So automatically, I walked in with heat, and I <laughs> kept heat, and I kept it for the next you know eleven years at WWE. <laughs> um, and go ahead. No, I'm saying catch it for two weeks up there. <laughs> so you talked about Dusty Rhodes hiring you. It was about a year after you debuted. How how did that come about? Uh, were you already friends with Sting, and was he instrumental in in getting you uh, hooked up? Absolutely not whatsoever. Nobody but Misty Hyatt helped me. Nobody, nobody. No, I I have no connections. If I knew Sting's number, I'd call him. If I knew, you know. Um, like when I found out Sting lived a mile from the auction bar where I trained, that was after I made it through the hands of stranger getting fired, not fired, but just the company going under. And then, and then me, you know, you know, coming back to WCW and me going, Oh my God, I just passed where I started wrestling. Well, I went to his house one day, you know, so I even know that about then. That's that's how fast things moved for me. They really did. I mean, I did pay my dues. I wore my ass off. But at the same time, it really was. Um, I I could I, I could do the stuff that they wanted and 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 look good, pretty good doing it. At that early stage, I wasn't. It wasn't silly. It wasn't ridiculous. It wasn't that guy's never going to make it. When people watched me on TV, they said. That this guy, this guy's got something. He's he's going he's going to go somewhere, for sure. So they so it's funny in hindsight. Actually, I've been doing some research for this interview, and it's funny in hindsight because I was there through that the whole time that you were in WCW, and uh, as you know very well, they brought you in as a as a high flying baby face, muscular, good looking guy, but with your full name, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and uh, looking back, that's so not you. So I'm wondering when you heard when you finally got a break and Dusty said you're hired and they said we're going to make you a baby face and call you Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Were you just like, all right, I'm going to roll with it, or were you like, uh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be? What were your thoughts? No, I flat out instantly came out of my mouth. <laughs> the legendary American Dream Dusty Rose at me, 19 and a half years old, suit and tie. <sighs> You know, head full of hair, teeth wider than not even bleach. Don't know what bleach was. Just, just here's this. He even said, "He goes, your smiles the reason I'm hiring you." <laughs> but show up, do this thing. Um, 
only because that they didn't have um, uh, Global shut down. The next day, T, uh, Magnum TA called me and he goes, hey, is Robert Bagwell there? And I said, this is him. And he said, uh, this is Magnum TA. I said, who? <laughs> and at the same time, I said, who? Remember, I'm not a wrestling fan, bro. Yeah. So I went, oh, my God. So, I, so he goes, Magnum TA, you know, World Championship Wrestling, you know, you know, a little bit of an edge on it, you know, yeah. and uh, what you can't blame me. And I said, Magnum, I'm so sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't listening. I just literally just got the call from Bill Eady telling me that we wasn't going to, you know, we were, doing one, we were doing one more taping and then quitting. And I went, oh, my God. I said, when I went to my meeting, my meeting, I said, Dusty, he wanted me to go back and do the one last appearance for him. I said, Dusty, they're going under, bro. I said, come on, man, just just take me out of a misery. Just come on, bro. I mean, that, you know, they're, they're, they're done. They're done. One last taping and they're done. They told us they're done. So. So what was your, uh, I don't know if you ever answered the question. What was your, when they said Marcus Alexander Bagwell, were you cool? Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Marcus Alexander Bagwell, I hate it. <laughs> my family loved it. My family was thrilled. They were like, "Oh my god, we're so excited!" Everybody else was 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 crying because it wasn't cool. I went, "Dusty, don't do this to me." I said, "Don't, don't, 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 don't call me Marcus Alexander Bagwell. That's not cool." <laughs> At the time, I realized my best friend is Johnny Bad that shoots a gun. And puts lips on the person that he beats with makeup on. I remember it well. And Hammer slings a guitar, electric guitar as he had that's got lights on it. So it was about gimmicks. And still, still at my age, at that stage. When he said, no, no, we're going to call you by a real name. And I said, Dusty, don't do this to me, please. It's just and then for some reason, bro, I don't know. You don't know, and we can't call nobody that doesn't know, that sat there and said, hey, somebody cared about you somewhere in the booking world, thought I was some money somewhere, and started putting that sting come save me thing. And then when the sting started coming and saving the rookie, it was a real big deal. Sure. Um you were in a lot of tag teams originally. I think four-time tag team champions. Uh, I believe it or not, listen. And there's a there's controversy as someone wanted to argue with me to the point of like I had to go back and show some pictures and things like that. But it really the number really stands as six. Six. Listen to me with five partners. I've got. On my shoulders, Jeff Jarrett with Shane Douglas. Jeff Jarrett's got the world belt on. I got this drawer. I got this picture in my drawer, 20 feet from me. And we've got the tag belts on. And that was late, late. That was at the very end. So I didn't know me and Shane became champions. It must have been for like a, a weekend or, or, or something like that. 
uh, I don't know. But I'm telling you, with all of my 30 years in this business, I think I've got six and five partners. Who was your favorite tag team partner from that era? Maybe take taking Shane Douglas out of it, maybe because you don't remember. Uh, really yeah, recall- yeah, take Shane out of it because we didn't have enough. Enough, but um, dude, it was. I swear to God, this is so cliche, and I hate. I can't make this interesting, but I can't. They they, they all were different. I'll tell you that. So I had to change to fit their role. Dell Wilkes had the old timer tights over his long tights. Keep in mind, I'm the one that thought of that outfit. It was me that came up with the pattern design. I just had to ask him what he was comfortable with, and that's what he liked. He liked that look, the look of the, the old school tights with the shorts that go over it, you know, and it matched with the red, white, and blue and everything. So, um... Dude, I mean, I got so many great memories like with that, with all of my tag teams, David, with all of them. It really, it really, really, is, it's hard, man. You and you and actually, in my opinion, you and Scorpio had something special. I thought uh, uh, two called Scorpio. Huge, uh, but problem is, Russell wasn't hot yet. Yep. If Russell would have been hot, and that happened five years later, that'd been that'd been off shame. But it wasn't five years later. It was nobody was watching us. And we were at, you know, Saturday night, you know, tapings and Dizzy stuff, you know. Yeah, it was, it was. Really not thinking about this. Not a lot of Dizzy stuff because um, that was me and Scott Ricks down there. I, I thought his name down there. I'm the one that created his name was Ricks. And I'm not trying to be cool. For example, um, Nick Patrick thought about Bagwell. And we all went, oh, my God, that's it. You know, same thing with this, which I think his name, his name is his real name, Scotty Anton. And I said, what What about, that's when Leith Weapon was out. And I said, what about Scotty Riggs? You know, Riggs and Murtaugh. Right. And everybody just went, that's it, Scotty Riggs, Scotty Riggs. So I, th- I thought of Scotty Riggs' name. So, so Dusty tells you you got to be Marcus Alexander Bagwell, which you hate. You got to smile. Yes. You got to smile and shake hands and kiss babies, which you hate. But you're doing it, and you're doing a great job. Uh, all these uh, big tag teams, and then you get they they pitch the American Males, and you hear the entrance music. At at, at some point, did you start saying what if, what did I didn't do to piss, piss these people off, or did you or were you happy with the American Males? I would believe it or not. I'm extremely happy with American Males. The entire, even the entire song, as you hear it, was early 1990-ish. And that's where we were, bro. Yeah. It was the American Males. You better run for cover. Girl, this ain't no weekend lover. <laughs> American Males. I mean, it just, it's so corny. You know, here's the sad part. It only showed about twice, but WCW did a video on top of skyscrapers with rails. It was a sixty thousand dollar video. The guy, the guy talked about it. The guy that worked, the guy that worked for us then, he talked about it and everything done. So it was like 
like makeup and camera changes and all that stuff. But we shot it the whole day. And it's a video of me and Scotty Riggs starting off playing basketball. And so I got it on one of my DVDs. And 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 I steal his girlfriend. And, he, and he's waiting at the golf. He's waiting at the basketball place. You know, to wait, wait you know, with court. You know, waiting for me to come. And I'm back home in the video having sex with his girl. And this was for MTV. So we had to not show too much. And my pants came down, and they sat a little too far for me to count it. But it was by that same group, that real popular group, AHA. The saying, Stand by me. You know, Stand yeah. by me. Yeah. I don't know if you know that song or not, but it's a group called AHA. Right. And it's a very popular group. But anyway, because my butt showed too much, they wouldn't show it. Uh, I, I remember that video, actually. Not so much your butt showing, but, uh, but I right. <laughs> but they, they, didn't, they didn't really push that. But uh, to answer your question, I, I'm, I'm not the least bit embarrassed of the American Males. Um, they let us do the they, – they, at first, they let us – they wanted us to be clean shaving, no earrings, and all that. And I said, guys, time to change. You've got to listen to me. And then Terry Tatterfine goes, do, 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 do what you can do. And I already shaved my beard. And so I had two days of growing out when I went to the first Dizzy tapings. I was able to have a little you know, goatee there, but no color or anything like it is but, and now. But... And they allow us to do the dangly earrings and all that, but it took us too long to get all that off. So we had to come up with a better solution. And so every tag team has got a story that deep, bro, everyone. It was wonderful. So I, I don't think I have a favorite. I really don't. It was all special. How bad did you want to turn heel? I did. To this day, to this day if you call my, my mom right now and ask her, after I broke my neck, when I turned heel, she would be crying before you got the phone with her. Let me because, ask you. Because it blew their minds. I mean, I, I could have been, I was, I was going to be right there. I, I was anyway, before the injury. I was right there with the rock as far as the baby face goes, as far as movies go, sitcoms, whatever, commercials. I mean, Buff's right there. And that 10 months I lost, David, in the wrestling ring, even though I don't see him a lot, was back on TV in three. But still, that's 10 months for the me wrestle, bro. And of course, I showed up in shape, just ripped, shredded, and all that. So I don't think it really hurt me, but still, that 10 months is a big gap. When that window started to close, man. What What do you remember about the injury? Because uh, I remember what I remember about it is we we literally shut down a Thunder TV taping for probably forty minutes, uh, and and there was a lot of worry. What What do you remember? Do you remember anything about that? A lot of times, uh, I, mean, I remember all of it. Um, I remember them shutting it down though because they tape recorded. They went to commercial break, and they tape recorded and came right back for commercial break. Because it wasn't until commercial break that you actually saw what really happened. It still wasn't devastating, but it was just a certain whip 
that happens if you watch it. That just, you know, since you're a child, you get told to duck your head. Right. Yep, yep. You're falling, you know, duck your head because your neck don't go the other way, brother. Right. So when my neck went the other way with 280 pounds of Rick Steiner coming off the mat back in me and me with my hands nowhere to, nowhere to support them, it, it really don't look that devastating unless you just know the body. It's like, whoa, 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 that, that fucks something up. <laughs> that that's bad <laughs> and you know I was totally paralyzed and he rolled me over I remember all of it I mean and God bless him Virgil and them were trying to pull me out of the ring and uh, you know Scott Norton's crying Lex is crying Rick's not crying but he's you know he's upset and they're talking to me and I go God and I swear to God I'm not crying it was so surreal. It was so real that it was like I felt like crying was a waste of time. Not even like in my stomach where it starts when you want to cry, you know, and you're laying there paralyzed and you want to cry. And, and, and you're thinking your life's over. It wasn't there at all because it was just, I was paralyzed. It was done. So let's either start dealing with it right now or just let's just let it go. You know, and I told God one of my biggest prayers, David, was always to never, ever, ever ask God why. If you ask God why, we've got a whole world of whys. Why is that little boy retarded? Why has he got MS? Why is got a brain tumor, why he died at six. I mean, why, 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 why? I mean, we can go on, on and on, dude. All of us could. We all got a bunch of whys. So it was up to, I did this about 16 years old. I decided not to say why no more. But that night, being paralyzed in the ring and laying there, I did say out loud, I... Told you I'd never ask you why. I said, but I've really got to ask, is this really what you had planned? Is this, is this the plan to end Buff Bagel's career on, on live TV in the middle of the hottest wrestling ever was? Is this, is this really your plan, bro? And I asked that. And, and I did about that time. I swear to God, it sounds cliche, but it's God's truth. I swear to God, it is. Danny, Danny, something the trainer, the trainer, Danny, yeah, Danny, Danny I, Young, Danny Young. Danny Young, is that right? Yes, sir. Good Danny call. Young. So he, he at that time, as I said this prayer out loud, I said, "Dude, I said, Chris, I can do, I can be like Christopher Reeve. I can go to schools. I can talk." I can, you know, I can, you know, you know, do this and that, da da da, to help everything out. I was already turning negative into a positive, and everybody around me was crying. And about that time, Dan Young goes, he said, "Look, look, uh, your left hand's moving." And I looked down, 
I couldn't raise my head and look down because I was at three, four inches of my neck down. And so I just, I just turned my head down and I could see my hand moving. Then it kind of started feeling like people always want to go, they know the body they want to go, oh, those, so you got a stinger, a stinger, right? And I go, right. no, 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 bro, no, bro. I was, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah. Um, I said no, bro. I was, I was, I was, I was fucking paralyzed. I know there's a fucking paralyzed, and I fucking stinger. I've had them both my whole life. I said this one, no stinger, shake it off, go to the sideline bag one, rub it out a little bit. I was fucking paralyzed, and 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 you know, I mean, I mean, honest God, I was smothering at first before Rick even rolled me over because I couldn't get out of the mat. And when I ro- when they, as soon as he went to roll me over, our eyes met, and I said, I'm paralyzed. This came before the rest of the story I just said, but right. I said, I'm, I'm paralyzed. Now the finish of the match is Scott Steiner coming down. 275 pounds of blowing smoke out of his nostrils as he's coming to the ring with a chair in his hand. And the finish of the match was to hit Rick in the back from the block from doing the bulldog. He goes to cover me. One, two, chair, put me on top, NWO wins. Problem is, I'm if you watch the tape back, I'm talking the whole time. I'm going, Scott's guy, no, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Don't touch, don't touch, don't touch me, don't touch me. You know, I'm making sense to the point where he understood. So he hit, he hit Rick. Rick threw himself off of me. And then Scotty, for television time and making everything look better, he, he put my arm across him, thinking that'd be enough. Well, my arm, I was paralyzed, bro. So my arm completely came off. Rick's body and the ref counted one, two, three with two guys on the back. The Mark guy that had cancer that died. The Mark referee we had that had cancer that passed oh, away. Oh, Mark Curtis, yeah. God bless him. Mark Curtis, yeah. He was our referee that night. Uh, and God bless him. He had a count, three count. So then, of course, it was like, well, who won? And... You know what was going on, and they thought it. You know, the, the announcers, if you remember, didn't didn't look at the sheets. They wanted to call it play by play, which made it a lot more interesting. Well, I think by that time, they I think everybody realized something was wrong, and we just wanted to make sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, let's go and check it out because they they did not have a sheet in front of them of what the next it was they did not want to talk to us about it they didn't want a, a sheet for the night um, they didn't want one they wanted to call it like you know intercepted 20 to 9 touchdown you know that's how they wanted to do it which is very smart so do you think there was a missed opportunity when you came back 
to give you a run as a baby face as much as you hated it just because people had seen you literally get paralyzed on national television and 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 had seen you you know fight your way back uh do you think that there was a missed opportunity to do the swerve and turn your back heel as opposed to giving you a run as a baby face with the the crowd behind you well i would never dog out eric for doing that calls what eric's brain thought was Everybody thinks, okay, he broke his neck. He's got 10,000 fan letters. Um, He's got fighter pilots that went by and touched my picture before they went out to battle. And I've got that picture. I got that letter framed. They would touch my picture on the way to battle. And so I understood what he wanted to do and I'll never argue with him on that ever because good heel bad heel good baby bad baby it's about entertaining you know yeah. and well but but there's no doubt about it if they would have turned me baby face a hundred percent baby face and really shoved me down their throats right there Buff Bagwell would have had a a, a different career there's no doubt we went against the grain because that's what we did but this was time like triple h tours quad one time and i watched the damn thing they did a promo they did on it and it was like he had died 17 deaths it was so good i break my neck on live tv and they beat me my first match back yeah, I think that there was a, a big... Uh, Ten you know, months later, bro. <laughs> I, look, Eric's been a guest on this podcast, and I would never second-guess him either because so many things were going on, but I just think there was a missed opportunity. Just to put it in current terms, it would almost be like, oh. you know, with Roman Reigns <laughs> having to walk... <laughs> Roman Reigns having to walk away because he has uh, he has uh, leukemia and 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 he beats leukemia and they bring him back and turn him heel. Uh, it just to me it didn't make sense. But you know I wasn't the boss and and so I was just wondering what your thought process was on that at the time. Yeah, I there's no doubt believe they faced, but again, Buff made a really funny heel. You know, so who knows, man, Dave? Who knows? I mean. It really did make a funny, a funny heel. I wasn't cut your throat, Scottish tire heel, and that's what they wanted from me. And I couldn't do that with my character. Right. So I can slice your throat and laugh about it and make you laugh at home. And, and that's not the heel they wanted. They wanted you know Scottish tire heel where you walk out and you do something bad and you're in trouble and you shouldn't be doing that and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man. I was more of an entertainer. I want to entertain. Sure. So I've wanted to ask you this forever. And so we're finally hopefully gonna get the truth. There was a, there was a rumor going around that because, you know, Eric, like working the boys and working the fans and all that. There's a rumor going around that Eric wanted to work the boys, having you, quote, unquote, die in a plane crash and then come back out and interfere in a match, but not smarten up the boys. Is, is that wow. is, is that correct? Where did you get that? 
I heard, you know, I was, <laughs> I worked there for. Oh, you were there, but lot, still, yeah. who can do that? Is it, was there any truth to that? 100%. MGM Grand was the Halloween Havoc we did. Right. The last one, if not the last Halloween Havoc. And he wanted me to die in a plane crash. I said, Eric, I couldn't get you to get the cameras in the, in the hospital <laughs> to see. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? And so who's going to do it? He was, I've already called, I already called my parents and said, hey, you know, get ready for this. I don't want to scare you guys. And all that, you know, it's called my few, you know, my wife and, and them to let them know, you know. And um, they switched it finally to um, um, doing, I, I guess, some kind of run in as, I think, President Clinton with a mask or something. Sure. You know. What do you think the locker room, how do you think the, you know, Eric Push limits? Oh, oh, real quick. Don't forget your question. At the same time, um, it, he wanted me to come down like a ghost um, on wires after the plane crash, too. It's out of his mouth to me. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but in a perverse way, I just love that story because it's sort of... Hey, you're the only one ever asked me that story. That story was between me and Eric only. I've never heard anybody ask that story, bro. Nobody. How long, how, how long were you going to be dead for? A couple of days, right? <laughs> it, I, all I can tell you is I remember, it's, you know, keep in mind, it's 20-some years ago. Yeah. But all I can remember is it made sense. <laughs> and, and it, but it went like killing me off on a soap opera or something. It, it did make sense. Yeah, it was a swerve. How do you think the locker room would have reacted uh, back then? You know, it was already crazy enough, everybody uh, having, you know, big egos. And- uh, it, was, it, was, it was too far gone at that stage for anything. <laughs> the locker room was so far gone that, you know, if somebody was on TV and had an interview, then everybody hated their guts, you know. It was, it was just it was just already turned total total egotistical maniac. You know everybody was fighting dog. To keep in mind, I wouldn't find dog doggy dog. Scotty wouldn't find doggy dog. Hogan wasn't doing doggy dog. Nash wasn't doggy doggy dog. Scott Steiner wasn't doing doggy dog. But it was about nine of the other motherfuckers that was fighting doggy dog. So. And, and, and then we didn't get that, so they, they, it got heat because it act like we didn't. It seemed like we didn't give a shit, but we were above that. We already approved ourselves via body, via work, via both, via anything. We'd already proved that we were. We've already reached the status. Eric had a meeting one day with the entire crew. And everybody started, me, me and Scotty got over doing our skits. He said, he goes, from now on, nobody does skits like bag one signer. Don't do them. Check with your agent before you decide anything to make sure. He goes, everybody, of course, except Scotty and, and Buff. And I went, oh, my 
my God, he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. But, but he did. It was too late. But to be honest with you, I kind of dug it. I said, you know what? I got heat anyway. You know what? Don't don't ask me what to do. Go go, go to your agent. You know, I've already got my plan. It's going to beat yours. So go to your agent and figure out your old skit if you want to. And see if you can pass. Or me and Scott just called what we wanted to do. Sure. So talk, I know you travel with Lex and Sting and, and some of the other guys. Talk, any any good stories about, I mean, you were you guys were on top of the world, all good-looking guys, making a lot of money, uh, traveling together. And uh, 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 any good stories? or, or yeah, man, a lot. A lot of positive stuff. Um, you know, just, just we, we actually took our golf clubs on the road with us, bro. I remember uh, that. Yes. We'd go play golf. <laughs> and then we got into bowling for a while. There were bowling balls on the road with us. <laughs> and then we bowled for a while. And then and then we figured out, you know, um, sedation. Um, and then when we figured that out, it kind of messed everything up. And um, But we still never, ever quit working out. We kept that top priority. It was top number one priority was our diet and our training. And that's why we was able to look as good as we did without, you know, everybody always wants to blame their tummy like on a beer belly and then do to beer, bro. Look about how much, look about how much beer, how much sugars in beer, nothing. Just, you just can't eat what after you drink that beer, what you won't. Right. You can't eat crystals and McDonald's. And me and I can't tell you the times me and Luger ate ice cold chicken breasts and ice cold broccoli because there was just nowhere else to eat at two in the morning after we got back to our room from doing a nitro, bro. But but we ate it because we had to get it down. Hey, I'll tell you, so, I'll tell you somebody uh, 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 from my perspective who uh, didn't have uh, a good body, but what a burger! Oh my God, it was it was oh, worth it was God. worth it to me. <laughs> we always did water burgers. That was our we we saved it for our cheat meal. We if we come into Texas, we saved water burger for our cheat meal, babe. Yeah. I, it, oh, it's unbelievable! It was worth being fat. So what? Oh, were you- it was. I mean, for, I mean it, for, it wasn't being fat, but it's worth planning my whole week around it. I planned my whole week of diet around showing up wrestling and then going to Whataburger, bro. Oh, it was unbelievable! It was it was just a bomb. I don't know if I should say this, and if I if if I shouldn't, then it'll be edited out, and nobody'll ever hear it. But Dustin Rhodes used to call Whataburger better than a blowjob. When you had oh a, no, don't edit it out. That's that's great. When when when, he, when you had a buzz after a night of drinking, Dustin Rhodes used to say, "To me, Whataburger's better than oh. a blowjob." I'd much rather eat <laughs> a hamburger at that stage than to go to all the trouble of being <laughs> in position, find the spot, and and and, and her be good at it. Number one with me, because I just don't, I don't go that route unless you're real good. Um, and a lot of guys can, but I can't. So absolutely, Whataburger. <laughs> 
before yeah. that. That's funny. I've never said that out loud, I don't think. I told my wife no, that. No, you're good. Hey, so WCW ended. What, what were your thoughts in the immediate uh, immediateness of it? Uh, you know, there's, for me, I, I just remember, uh, you know, saying, shit, you know, this sucks, but... Uh, I got to keep going and hopefully something will happen good. What 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 were your feelings cuz I think from pretty much the beginning you were figured in to go to WWE as we know. So, what were your thoughts when it ended? I was I was very I was very um non very non um you know positive, just very 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 scared and very humble, but when you're named one of the five guys that he named the night of the very first via satellite thing, um, and, and you get, you know, a, a, probably the second, maybe third, if you want to argue, best pop up out of the five, I, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, pretty much I had a job. Right. And uh, but I didn't look at it that way. I was like, dude, you don't know these guys don't want you here. I mean, it's that simple. You can see it in their eyes. You can feel it. And then came the slap when I slapped uh, Helms, and um, we had a great workout that day, man. A great workout. And Helms, uh, we started talking, and Helms didn't. He had been dogging me for not working, for not practicing. All of a sudden, he set like the whole session out where we did like four guys in each corner, and just just do this tag tag, and you know call the call the spot out loud, just 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 do the spot, and just get used to the ropes, and just just run good spots you can hear, and you're not gonna mess up, and all that stuff. And he, he didn't do any of that. Um, I didn't know that underneath his shirt, which I think the, I, I did hear a podcast, so I want to call him out on this if he says that's a lie. Uh, why would you put a regular water bottle under your, under your you know, an ace bandage? Unless it was ice. So I'm not sure where he's going with that or if it was misunderstanding or what, but it was a frozen brick is what it was. Underneath his shirt, but it was a small, a you know, pretty small water bottle, and you couldn't see it. You couldn't see it with the shirt down here, wrapped, and the shirt was off. And it started off, you know, it was a, a few jabs, you know, like, you know, like, you know, whoa, yeah, what about your hair bag? Well, I said, whoa, I said, you know what I can't wait? I can't wait for that interview you cut for Monday Night Raw. Hey, this is Sugar saying Helms. I feel so full. I said, are you a translator or, you know, somebody to explain what you're saying through the lisp? What what are you going to do? And, of course, the boys are like, oh, my God, you know, of course. And he says something back about pills. And I said, listen, bro, you can drop this right now. Now, I'm standing on the floor with my arms on the apron. He's on the bottom rope with his arms back on the on the ropes, sitting on the floor, sitting on that ring floor. And I said, bro, your best bet is just to drop this. I said, but if you say anything else, I said, I said, I got, I'm going to knock your teeth down in your throat. It's up to you. 
And he said, take your best. And that's all you got out of his mouth. Um, <laughs> slap, open hand slap. And it rolled him all the way to the turnbuckle. And I, I just turned around and walked and went, why don't you go back? Well, you done it again. You idiot. You know, you, you've done it again. You know, you, what are you doing? You Boom. And I mean, how I stayed up, I've got no idea how I didn't go to the ground, knocked out cold as ice, just knocked out. But I was with it, man. It was weird. I, I, there was, I mean, a puddle of blood the size of, 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 of a dead body. I mean, it was huge. It was, it, my head was just, you know, heads are real veiny. Yeah, it was just gushing. And of all things, Shane Helms is in the bathroom holding a towel on my head, crying. Because pretty much everybody knew Buff Bagwell had a job. Buff Bagwell had a job. And this is before the main event with Booker T and all that. But but out of those 12 guys of Palumbo's and, you know, Gendrax and come on, man, come on. But but Buff's Buff Buff's gonna have a job, and so he's in the he's in the thing crying, and, and all of the wrestlers come up with, let's don't say anything, let's let's act like you fall, and I said guys, half of y'all have already text what happened. <laughs> I said come on man, this ain't gonna work, but being one of the boys and trying to keep it off me, like I always, like you've seen me do for a hundred years. I said, okay, okay. So I did that, of course, was a mistake. I get to the show Monday night. I'm going to be main event with Booker T and don't know it yet. And I walk past Helms with the Hardy Boys. And I go, hey, Shane. Keep in mind, the last time I left him, he was crying with a towel on my head. You know, he said, he said, I, he said, you, you know, um, I waved at him and they didn't wave back. And I went, oh shit. So I went straight to Johnny Ace. Straight to Johnny Ace. And, um, you know, I, I, said, I, I said, dude, here's what happened. Here's the deal. Do what you want to do. I don't care. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm telling you, here's what happened. Here's the, well, what our plan was. He was calm and cool, but now, obviously, I got the Hardy Boys are over like Rover and Sugar and Helms, Sugar and Helms, which nobody knows at the time. I mean, he's not over by no means. Um, you know, he's walking with the big boys, though, and no, no wave. So we got together. He got us all together. Yeah, we all shook hands, and then me and, and then we find out me and Booker main event in Tacoma, Washington. When the next week's Atlanta, automatically, real, real simple math. This is this is dumb. We can wait a week and have an invasion at the George Dome or Phillips Arena, and instead we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it a week before in Tacoma. Come on, man, are you kidding? Well, it did exactly what they thought. It flopped, and they actually, even for a long time, tried to blame it on that. I go, guys, when radio guys would call me, I go, 
think about it for a minute what you're saying. I go, let's say it's all true. Let's say your my mom called and I didn't know it even. Let's say she's lying to me. I said, you think that's where the buff bag will get fired over? I said, okay, you didn't like the match, and it, 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 I've watched it ten thousand times. I can't see a flaw in it. A little slow, whatever. It wasn't main event match, but there was it wasn't stupid. It wasn't dumb. And it all made sense. And um, and what do you do? You know, I mean, you know, you do the best you can, and and that's all you can do. And they blame, they actually blame the match on them. They said we. Um, um, you know, we didn't get with you. Johnny Ace thought they thought Johnny Ace was going to have us our match, and then Pat Patterson does all main events. So actually, nobody talked to us on what they really wanted. Okay. Nobody. And uh, me and Booker kind of turned on each other a little bit. I couldn't believe it. I went and Booker did it first. I went Booker. Come on, bro. I said, we've wrestled 10,000 times in five different tag teams. I said, and we never missed a step. I said, don't you dare go there, bro. And that's when Passville comes in. No, 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 no. Don't do that, y'all. I'm, well, I didn't get with y'all because I thought Joe had you and you know, Johnny had you and and Johnny thought I had you. Let's just wipe it off and all that. And I got called that Thursday to take off for my head and show up on Monday excited and got fired. <laughs> Do you think that when you look back at that, how much of a uh, how much of an impact did that have on on your career? You know, it almost seems like because of of all the stories that came out and because it was such a it was when WCW and WWE were, you know, the same company and all eyes were on there. It almost seems like uh, like like it it, it, it I don't want to say it never recovered because you've gone on and wrestled all over the world. No, but- no, 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 no. You're saying you're saying the right thing. Uh, that was that was the absolute end of of you know of, of doing you know uh, of Bagwell. Uh, that was the last time I could you know um, you know I was on TV. It was the last time I was on TV, bro. You know, so right there, I mean, it tells you right there. Last time I was on television, I did some Australia WWE star stuff, but in the United States, it was one of um, it definitely it definitely stopped everything. You know, yeah. So you and that was at 30, that was at thirty years old, brother, and looked like a million dollars, and had ten years really good left. But let me tell you what it did. I think. By firing Buff Bagwell, no matter what reason, and we can argue about it all day, but no matter what reason, it cleaned the locker room up. Everybody, that it got spent pretty quick that Buff Bagwell just got fired at Phillips Reno. And to the point of anybody that heard it would probably go, what? Yeah, Buff, they just fired Buff right here tonight. So I, so I went down, and so how does it feel? I went down to Sacrificial Lamb, and it, but it helped him tremendously. 
Have you ever heard from them again in any way, shape, or form about coming back in any way? Not no shape or form. I got, I I uh, reached out to them in the first couple of years. You know, with just things like, "Come on, man, you're joking, right?" I mean, I mean, uh, you know. And they've asked me one time to come up with something, and I did. I came up with a thing that I was going to wear a fat suit, and um, they they're coming to hire me, and. Um, they ring the doorbell, and when they open the door, I got this professional fat suit on, eating pork skins, drinking a beer, and my dogs are, like, barking like crazy. And it's just, I'm just, they're like, oh, my God, we came to hire you back. I mean, to WWE, I mean, you know. And and, and the next four weeks, would, with the eye of the tiger of Rocky music or whatever, you would see me, you know, you know, re, you know tripping over the, you know, tripping over the, the jump rope and reaching for the donut, and you know, whoever's training slapping my hand, and and then finally coming out looking, you know, like I look, which is, you know, good enough to pull that off right now, and I'm gonna get nothing better as soon as I can do cardio in three weeks. But you know, this is a time that I did look real good, and I thought it was a great idea, and just just nothing. So I just quit. I just gave up, dude. It was just not worth it. You mentioned earlier that you never say why uh, as a spiritual thing. Did 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 in this whole last fifteen years or so, did you ever kind of sit down and say why? You know, because uh, it it really was a changing point in a career that was uh, that was on the upswing, and it no, just no. To answer your question, absolutely no. I did not say why. Um, I prayed to God to be famous, to be known, and to be a pro wrestler. Guess what God gave me? That. He gave me no. He gave me wrestling, and he made me a star. You know, there's not a contract you sign saying... Here's what comes along with that. So you can't you can't blame him. You you gotta suck it up and go, Hey, this is what I asked for. I asked for this. This is what I wanted. But it's now a mask I can't take off. Right. I'd like to be able to take it off, but I can't. And uh you know, to get this I mean, even for a week sometimes, just to just to Nah, you know, every, you know, every gym I go to, David, every gas station I go to, I mean, somebody says something, you know, something. Yeah. And I ain't got a job. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, I can know, I know at least half their crew could walk in, could walk in um, Walmart and not get recognized. You know, Walmart, dude. And here I am getting noticed at, uh, at, at a, store in Alabama in the middle of nowhere at two in the morning. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's just, it just didn't, it just, it just, whatever it was, it just, they just had it out for, you know, get rid of us, just get rid of the WCW guys. Yeah. Hey, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question uh, because it's sort of come back in the news lately. Uh, if you had to pick like one person or a group of people, who do you think killed WCW? Um, ooh, that's a toughie. I never asked that one. 
I love Vince Russo, but he cannot argue with what I'm getting ready to say. He said he was never going to show his face on television. He had a meeting with all the top guys, including, I think, referees and stuff, I think. And I know we I mean, I had a meeting with him one-on-one, and it was about nothing but Eric messed up by being in too many segments, which is what happened. Eric was in too many segments. And um, um, it's just a little, a little overkill, you know. And all of a sudden, he's got a bat, you know, um, Vince has got a bat. I think I think he was a champ, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had for the while, for a while. I had David Arquette on the podcast about a year ago, and um, he's he's real down on his, his, you know, thinking he was embarrassment to the profession, and 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 that's up to you know individual uh, thoughts. Uh, I don't think so. But my point to him yeah. was, my point to him was, what was the difference between you being WCW champion and Vince Russo being WC champion? You know what the difference was? You got it on the cover of USA Today, and Vince Russo, nobody, nobody wrote about so uh you know if, yeah if people right. if people are going to give yeah. you a hard time at least you got uh at least you got us some press uh you got some stroke yeah, yeah there's some power you know so yeah so uh but, but that's the only thing that i would say it, see the problem with wcw has always been the person in charge was also either a worker or one of the boys right. it wasn't a um, you know, an Eric Bischoff that wasn't wrestling, and that's that, and that's when it turns around. But when you got Dusties and and Flares, and they're gonna bring all their old, I, I, I got beat by Dick Slater six times. Dick Slater, dude, he come back, he get fired, come back, fired, come back, and every time they beat me. I don't I mean, know. AJ, it is unbelievable. I don't know if that was lucky for him or unlucky because he kept getting fired after he beat you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like fired, hired, fired, and Stan Dan's fighting the same thing two or three times before he lost his his size. He um, he came in like you know, did a job for him, and, and then you know, and then he got fired and or, or released, whatever, and then. Brought back and God, you're still here, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah, of course they don't. They don't. They, don't, they want to work with me, of course, because I, I look. I look pretty good, and they makes them look better by beating me. Sure, sure. Um, wh- what were your thoughts when uh, Vince Russo put you got your mother involved? I mean, when at, at one point when you see her on a on a on a uh, lift on a forklift in a Judy Bagwell on a pole match, did you, were you did you think that was funny or I, were I you? Really, I really thought it was wrestling, dude. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. It was another part of the show. It was a forklift that came out that I had to know how to work before the show and lower down after I won and untire and I, I I think it's good stuff I mean even though Gay got a lot of heat I thought it was great stuff I really did it was just I think Vince messed up by getting on TV yeah. or getting on TV too much how, you know, how is your down, go, go ahead. one of us and saying I'm never going to do 
period. And then you then you do it. Then you do it to an extreme, you know. Sure. Uh, how is Judy doing? How's your mom doing? She's doing great. She's actually, we're doing, we're doing a podcast. First podcast she's ever going to do ever for some guy uh, named the Icon up in South Dakota. It's not until June, so you can beat the punch if you want to. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll get um, we'll get Judy on for sure. Yeah, it'll be fun, and she'll be a she'll be a trip. So, final question: You uh, had a run as a quote unquote gigolo. Uh, how much of that was a shoot? How much of that was a work? And uh, how was the experience? Uh, total work. I figured. Um, I'm married. I was married. I'm married. So uh, it was a total work because I had a really bad car wreck in 19, uh, excuse me, uh, 2012. Real bad car wreck. Um, and uh, I think back, I always think that because that's when, that's when Hamilton died. But around 2020, something about a week and a half later, I have a car wreck after my one of my best friend dies and roll my Jeep and I see blood on everything. But the way I rolled it, the hard top came in and caved my face in, dude. So I got five plates in my face and. I mean, literally, the doctor goes to my mom as a female doctor, and she goes, obviously, by looking at everybody, he's a pretty good-looking boy, but I, I don't know that. I mean, can you can you bring me a picture? Wow. So mom told me the story, and I said, well, fucking make it a good one. <laughs> you know? Make it a good picture. Shit. You know? Jeez. So uh, she, you know, they, she put five plates in my face, just guessing how I used to look by looking at that picture, bro. Well, I saw you this weekend, this past weekend, and uh, and then you, you look just like Buff. So uh, they, she did a good job. Thank you, thank you, bro. I really have worked hard. I'm not where I want to be with my body yet, but I can't with with cardio and stuff. But I, I'm really excited that nothing's hurt. I'll be able to do cardio really good in about three weeks, and and um, so I'm, I'm looking excited. I, I mean, I'm, my whole thing was to start this Dallas thing. That he's got everything. He's got everything I've done on video, bro. Everything, every surgery, everything. So um, the end result, of course, is for me to look, you know, like Buff again, shirt off and everything, and show the before and after pictures and. You know, the, all that stuff, you know. So um, I'm excited about it. Well, I wish you luck. I thank you for coming on. I thank you for your honesty. And, and now that the cat's out of the bag about you uh, uh, at one point maybe dying in a plane crash and fooling the boys, you might maybe... Uh, I, uh, you might I can't get, believe you heard it even. You, and you're the first person ever to ask him. I'm sure I won't there be the... There's a few that knew it. I'm sure I won't... a few that knew it, but not really enough <laughs> to ask about it. That's, that's the first time I've been asked, I, I'm sure I won't be the last to ask about it now that it'll be out there. Oh, I not think, now. I think Arn told me, but I wouldn't swear on it. Hey, hey but, brother, I, I really appreciate it, and thanks a lot, and, yeah. and uh, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, uh, definitely, please. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Hey, if you got a chance, get in touch with me. You, got, you know, it's MarcusBuffBagwell.com, my website. And it's uh, Marcus Buff Bagwell on my uh, Facebook. It's Mark Buff Bagwell on Twitter. 
But uh, Instagram, same thing, Marcus Buff Bagwell. So just do you get a chance, check it out, and that's how you get in touch with me. I'm easy, man. Want to thank Buff Bagwell, and uh, yeah. Uh, I always wanted to ask him about that story about uh, Eric wanting him. And, and we're not kidding, folks. The, the plan at one point was he was going to die in a plane crash and the wrestlers were going to be, and the t- fans and the talent were going to be told, that office were going to be told he had died and we were all going to mourn him. And then he was going to come back at Halloween Havoc and interfere in the match. And thank God cooler heads prevailed on that one, huh? Because he said he was willing to do it. He even smartened up his parents about it. But it's an interesting story and I'm glad we got to speak to him and uh, you could follow him as he laid out on the World Wide Web on social media at all the different places we'll put a link up uh, to when we post the podcast so you could follow Buff Bagwell but I will tell you this say what you will about Buff Bagwell he has a heart of gold he's as nice to my children uh, when they were young as any uh, other wrestler was and a lot of wrestlers were and, you know, I, I, I look at a person not just about, you know, stories of what they may have done in their worst times, but I look at, uh, you know, how you treat my family and, and, and my kids. And if you're going by that metric, uh, he's one of the better ones. So a lot of controversy, and he's the first to admit it, uh, but, uh, but has a great heart. So I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, maybe we'll have Judy on here pretty soon. So until next show, if you want to follow me at Twitter, at David Penzer, all one word, or at Penzer Ringside, be sure to check it out. Always like to engage. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to throw one out there on Twitter. If you have any ideas for who you'd like to see as a guest on this podcast. Be sure to hit me up as well. So now, until next time, I'm David Penzer, still sitting ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.